Hi all, we're in the middle of a Dublin Climate Action Week and there are a whole lot of events taking place around the capital. From film screenings to youth climate conferences in multiple libraries, discussions of climate anxiety to evidence of the wonders of nature on biodiversity walks, there's something for everyone. To find out more, just search Dublin Climate Action Week online. Having events like these devoted to climate action is important because it allows us to discuss an issue that we all worry about in a more engaging way together with other people who feel the same. In the last episode, we spoke to Donal about one creative response to climate change, the Callan Energy Store. But this was just one of a whole raft of projects funded by Creative Ireland. Creative responses to the climate crisis are things we come across again and again on Ecolution. And today, the search for more took us on a little field trip. We're at Emma to have a tour of a new exhibition in the Garden Gallery called The Anthropocene. And I've brought a kind of gang with me I'm Patrick and I'm 11. This is my first time in Emma. I'm Noah and I'm 7. I have never been here before. I like the garden a lot. I'm Frank and I'm 9. I've been here before and it's a very nice place. I'm Rosa and I'm 7. I'm Tom and I'm 5. I'm Derek and I'm too old. (laughs) I'd second that, Derek. You're ancient. We came to Emma because for the past few months they've been running a very interesting exhibition and we are going to have a guide bring us around it. My name is Mark Maguire and I'm an assistant curator in engagement and learning in the Irish Museum of Modern Art, IMA for short, I-M-M-A. At IMA what we do is we show new art and art that's been made probably in the last 50 or 60 years And we also do programmes for all age groups to come and visit IMA. You can make art here and you can visit the exhibitions and learn a bit about what the artists are doing when they're making their art. Today we're going to go and visit an exhibition that's got a very long name. And the long name is The Anthropocene. IMA sits in some really beautiful grounds that were once the Royal Hospital. This exhibition was on in the Garden Gallery and we headed inside. There's obviously a lot of artworks in this room, right? I'm going to guess around maybe 50 or 60 artworks. It's a lot. I think it's only five. In a way, they've been put together so that you can kind of look at it like the whole room is one big artwork, I suppose. And then you can look at each individual artwork and see something in it. This room is organised in a way that art galleries used to show artwork. Instead of maybe having one or two artworks in a room, you have lots and lots of different paintings and objects and sculptures. They're piled together in a particular way, line upon line. This is a good room to talk about who puts together an exhibition. Does anybody know the word curation? Right now, it's a word that's probably better known than it used to be. Curating things is basically selecting something, say, online, on your TikTok or on your social media in some way, and you put together images in a particular order. So that's what we say when we say we're curating something. But the word comes from museums and galleries. The curator of this exhibition is called Claire Walsh. And Claire has organised the work so that we can have a think about nature, 
the environment and how human beings have impacted and influenced nature and the environment and how artworks can have something to say about nature and the environment and make us think about nature and the environment. Mark, why do you think it's important that artists talk about the environment in their artwork? I think it's really important because right now at the moment our world is in a climate crisis so the environment is really affecting how we live and it's affecting how we go about our day-to-day lives really. Artists throughout the ages have always made artworks about the time that they're living in. Artists also give everybody else a way of maybe seeing what's going on and what's important to think about right now and to think about as we go into the future. The environment's a very important thing because we live in it and artists are talking about those things but they're also making art in a way that makes us think about it and maybe think can we change the way we're living so that we kind of have a future on on earth and that the earth is kind of preserved as a place that we can actually live on. Does anybody remember the really big word I said at the start? That's the name of the exhibition. The Anthropocene? Pretty good, because it took me ages to learn it. So the Anthropocene is the name of the exhibition. And Claire, the curator of the exhibition, has chosen this word because she thinks it's a good way of thinking about the artworks in the exhibition and what those artworks might make us think about the times that we're living in at the moment. A few weeks back, Emma teamed up with Dublin Digital Radio to have a night of performance and music that helped investigate a little bit more that crossover between human action and the environment. Claire Walsh, one of the curators of this exhibition, spoke to the crowd about why the gallery chose to highlight this subject. You know, we picked themes that are relevant to like the present moment and obviously the Anthropocene is really becoming much, much more talked about, much more discussed becoming much more of a household term but you know it's still not as I suppose recognised as maybe conversations about climate change or species extinctions and things like that that relate to the Anthropocene. It is the kind of term given to the current geological era in which yeah human activity is seen to be a dominant and destructive force on the earth systems. Bit of a big topic to cover (laughs) in the exhibition. It's pretty big all right. Back to Mark. Now they have a little bit of an argument as to when the Anthropocene began or might begin. So some people think it's from the time that human beings started using factories and producing things over and over again, affecting the environment and people's air quality, etc. So that's one way. Other people think it's from the time that World War II ended, particularly around the time that nuclear bombs started being used and atomic bombs. But either way, the idea is that the Anthropocene is the era that we're living in now. What makes this different is that human beings are affecting the environment that we're living in. So some of the works that you see around here are about human beings affecting the environment and other works are about the environment itself. So we got to have a look around and some members of the group had very specific goals. I want to go into the deck because I like dark. So off Tom went. The rest of us took the time to walk around the first room whose walls were hung almost up to the ceiling with lots of different artworks by different artists. How does putting lots of artworks together in the same room change how we see art? We can take a work that's about one thing and we can put it beside an artwork that's about another thing. And by putting them together, we get like thoughts that we mightn't have thought by just looking at one work on its own. I totally get that. As I walked down the gallery, seeing art featuring plants, animals and our planet, the connection became apparent. But I wonder if what I saw as a connection 
was what everyone else saw too. Did anybody see a link between artworks or something that reminded them of one to the other that you thought was maybe an idea going from one painting or drawing to another? If you have a look up at the top, there's an artwork by a Native American artist, Jimmy Durham, and you can see it's got in it lots of stars and it's got the names of stars and star systems. It's also quite humorous because when we look in the night sky, one arrangement of stars is called Cancer or the Crab. And you can see he's actually got a real-life crab, the shell of a crab, actually stuck onto the canvas. So it's quite a humorous piece, but it is also about astronomy and looking up into the skies and the nature of the skies at night above us. There's two pictures of Earth. They're like kind of cartoon Earths. They're both paintings by an Irish artist called Nevin Lahart. One looks like Earth is, is not too happy. Sure, does. He looks like he's bleeding and he's in a wrecked kitchen. In another, he looks like he's uh, sunning himself on a desert island, hopefully not getting too hot like the Earth is at the moment. Again, a bit like the artwork beside him that I was just talking about, it's quite a humorous way of addressing very, very serious issues. A lot of people think, particularly modern and contemporary art, that's art that's made now, is very, very serious. They then think it's, it's not really for them. But as you can see, a lot of artists that are working right now will use humour in their work. Things that we're very used to seeing, like kind of cartoon images, as a way of making us maybe think about difficult things. Having a little bit of fun or lightness, dealing with things that are maybe not so easy to think about. When I step into a museum or an art gallery, I feel a bit like I'm time travelling. Visiting through creative space an artist would have shared a long time ago or only yesterday. And it's possible to do that inside the artworks too. There's lots and lots of movies and books now about time travel, people going back 30 years, people going back 100 years, people popping up into the future. But one thing I find really interesting in this art gallery is that we can see two artworks that make time travel a little bit possible. On the left, we've got a picture of some flowers and kind of weeds and grass which is by an artist called Albrecht Dürer from Europe I think he died just less than 500 years ago and over here we've got another artwork that's by an artist from today from Ireland called Liam McDonough kind of dandelion it's kind of sprouting out of this figure that looks a bit like maybe a woman here but it's two artists we can see both their artworks and we know that they both made these artworks themselves in their own time and they made an artwork about these very ordinary things that you can see if we walk outside the gallery and just look down the ground we're probably going to see plants and weeds that look exactly like these plants and weeds but the two artists are separated by about 500 years and in this way by putting two different artists artworks together we can do a little bit of time travel when you set a group of children loose in a gallery especially one where there's lots of artwork they're bound to discover some favorites i saw loads of people were attracted to this rather unusual sculpture here in the room my favorite thing was a dog statue big school dog john kindness a dog with a lot of stuff about climate change. It's got like a picture of how the water cycle works, whereby the water gets evaporated up into clouds and then it rains down and it gets cooler as water. All that's kind of written on like a teacher or a lecturer might write on a blackboard with chalk, isn't it? I think he's a bit scary because he has big, almost real-looking teeth and big 
red eyes and he looks like he's growling. Yeah, I think it looks a little bit scary because his eyes look very realistic. The artist who did this, this is about his childhood in school, like the blackboard, but he made the dog a bit scary because some of the teachers were very mean. I think it's interesting that although the black dog wasn't specifically about climate change, what Rosa says there about fear, about the process of learning being scary, really fits with my experience of the climate crisis. You can hear yet another scary news story and want to switch it off. But art is a pretty beautiful way of focusing our attention. My favourite artwork was probably the one where they hid all sorts of like stuff. So like if you looked at it from further away, it would just be plants. But if you looked it further in, you would see like birds and bugs, but also Mickey Mouse and planes and I could see an hourglass in it. It's Stephen Curtin. Does anybody want to describe what we're looking at? It is very big and I think it looks like the biggest artwork in the whole world. It looks like mostly plants and flowers and bugs. I see an eyeball inside a little leaf. I see Mickey Mouse. Well, there's a lot of gold jewellery and like lots of jewels, as you would say. It's mostly around the nature, and I think that really shows like how golden the nature is. Frogs, fish, shells, everything. There's a skeleton in the corner, and there's a snake next to one of the plants. Well, I'm drawn to... Do you see this little chameleon guy down here? He looks like the guy from the movie Tangled. From a distance, when you come into the room, you think it's just a gigantic painting of plants and weeds and flowers, right? And then after a minute, what you get surprised by is, actually, hold on a second, there's loads of things in between the plants and flowers. So there's things you expect to be there, like birds. But then we discover all these things, like you mentioned and you've been talking about. There's like lots of things kind of embedded into it. And it's kind of mysterious as to how they might get there. I think it makes me think of a lot of things, but I'm not entirely sure. So here's my question now. What do you think the artist is trying to say in this artwork? When you first see it, it just looks like nature. But then when you really look closer into it, you can see more. There's a lot of stuff that you can find in nature that you will be surprised by. You can see a lot of stuff that would harm the environment, like at the top of the page there's a plane, and in the middle here there's a car. I think it's interesting that it's mostly American brands. It's like how that kind of consumerism has gone into nature and is kind of stripping away nature. Maybe I'm just being grim. I think when we look at, say, our roadsides when we're walking along the pavement and there's loads of weeds or there's loads of nature just bursting out of the bushes, very often we see like a lot of litter and leftover things and posters and crisp packets. But you don't see it immediately. It's only when you really look, you start seeing how much humans have left behind that's not really good for the environment or for us living in the environment. You have to look hard and then you actually see how we're influencing the world in a particularly bad way. But also another thing artists can do is by making pretty artworks, by making a very beautiful artwork, it's called Golden World, it makes us actually look at it and so therefore it maybe makes us confront or face up to things that are difficult to think about. Like... We see stuff in the environment every day, but if you look at it closer, there's this entire thing. The exhibition stretches across a number of floors. So we're going to go up and have a look at uh, a few artworks, and they're upstairs. One thing we noticed as we went up the creaky stairs was that something was up with the walls. 
when we were in the different rooms, did you notice the colours of the walls at all? They change colours as we're going through the different floors. Normally in a lot of modern art galleries, the walls are just white. But in this gallery, the walls change colour as you move through the building. So downstairs, they're cooler colours. And then they start going through kind of pink and kind of pale orange colours. And then as you get up into the top room, they're really, really hot orange red colours. So it's almost as you move up through the building, the colours are heating up. And I think that influences the way that we maybe feel a little bit in the gallery. But it's also meant to tie into the way the temperatures in the world are heating up and that's causing us problems. It's very, very subtle. You barely notice it, but it is there. That idea of the gallery space being an artwork itself is pretty exciting. I really liked that room full of all the reflective materials. I thought it was just very cool. I liked the whole thing. (laughs) I just found it very interesting. Downstairs, the room that we were in had loads of different artworks. Like we thought, like maybe 50 or 60 artworks, there were so many. There's only one artwork in this room, and it's by one artist, Dennis McNulty. We're actually kind of in the artwork. So, this is what we call an installation. Go in here in the right position, there will be four of your reflections. And then, if you point your finger, it looks really cool with four of you all pointing like this. There's so many of you. I only see two of myself. Out the windows, on the windows, there's like a, it's like a plastic red cover. And when you look out the window, the world looks completely different. It looks like almost as if the world is burning when you look out the window. Moving through a museum and seeing so many artworks, the connections built. And as we stepped into a small space coming to the end of the exhibition, an etching drew my attention. I'm just going to cram everybody in. This is a print by an artist from long ago now, a good 300 years ago, called William Hogarth. He's very famous for his etchings. Again, some of them are quite humorous and about the times that he lived in, but it's interesting looking back on them now because some of the things that's in his pictures are relevant today. It's got a funny title on the painting, the etching, I should say. It's called Time Smoking a Picture. Um, Does anybody want to describe what you can see? Also painting a picture, but he's he's doing it in a very interesting way. I can see that he's sitting on a dangerous. He looks like he's some kind of smuggling. He has like angel wings, and he's cutting his painting. So it looks almost like he's kind of wrecking his painting at the same time as he's making it. It's like how we're creating our own world as we go along, but then at the same time we're slowly destroying the world we're making. Art is creation, and gathering all of these works together was an act of curation, of helping people like us visit to spend time thinking about how the artwork makes us feel. So a lot of the artwork in this exhibition is owned by the IMA collection, which means it's really owned by the people of Ireland. How do you make a decision about artwork being white for IMA? That's a great question. The curators, who are the people that arrange exhibitions and make exhibitions here, they all the time are thinking about what artists are doing right now. And they think about what artworks, say in the last 30 or 40 years, have had an impact or influence the artists that are working right now. And they think about what is it that would make us think about the time that we're living in most and would be valuable to collect. How long would it be... Maybe one of my arts would be collected in Emma. That depends on you making lots of art, right? 
from right now keep making art and um, maybe when you leave school think about becoming an artist and then you never know a curator might visit your studio or your exhibition one day and might think wow that says a lot about the time we're living in and it would be really good to have that in the Emma collection so that we can show people from now on why this is a thing that we should think about and have a look at. I know Nora and I know that would have gotten her brain ticking over. How do you expect kids to respond to art in it, There's a few different ways we expect them to respond. One is we like to have a conversation with kids about the artwork that they're looking at by talking to us about what they see and what they think about it and maybe what they like, what they think is a bit strange or they want more information about. The other way that we like them to really respond is to make art themselves. But we also like to see that there's a kind of conversation where people maybe think about things for the first time. So they might see something here today that's talking about nature and the environment and they might tell us something from their perspective from their point of view because in a few years those kids will be adults they'll also hopefully be making artwork that's in Emma's galleries so that's important too so can our gang of budding creatives rise to the challenge how would you try and talk about climate change through an artwork probably draw nature but like nature getting affected by climate change because that's the entire thing I would use loads of different materials and paints and different colours and draw all the flowers and different things and different insects and loads of different things. Maybe a clay art about the environment. Well, sometimes the topic can be too large to express. Even though I'm quite involved with climate action and climate change, sometimes I can't even comprehend a lot of what's going on. And without being able to do that, then it's quite difficult to express that onto a piece of art. Well, my favourite room was where you go inside the picture. So I would basically do... You go inside of a room with, like... The whole room is a painting of different plants and different animals going around. I think it would be a lot of bees and snails and the things that you would usually see in nature that you don't think about that much, but then you realise those things are alive and they have a load of interesting stuff about them. I kind of think Frank's in with a shot. What do you reckon, 2030 for his first solo show? The Anthropocene exhibition has been on all summer long and continues until the end of September. It's part of a retrospective celebrating the gallery's 30th birthday. But there is a whole programme of events about the environment running into the winter and beyond at IMA. Head to their website for more, as well as lots of brilliant creative things you can do at home. So what do you hope people take away from an exhibition like this? First of all, I hope they really enjoy it. So when they come out of the art gallery, they actually kind of feel they enjoyed thinking about the things that were here particularly if they're kind of difficult things or things that we want to ignore or they're new thoughts that we didn't think about before it's quite difficult to think about the environment and about the future and about how we are as a species impacting the, the world around us and our environment and also formulate some kind of thoughts about how they might change how we're behaving towards the earth and how we might make the world a better place to live in, particularly for future generations. Our environment is likely to be a subject at the heart of creative work for a long time to come and one that we'll investigate further in this series. Big thanks to the Irish Museum of Modern Art for having us along to see the exhibition. To Mark for taking time to help us delve into a really important exhibition. It was very interesting with all the climate change themed stuff. I've never thought about climate change and art being together. It was very cool 
and I had a favourite art. It was a big dog. I think it was a bit scary. I think it was really eye-opening because sometimes people forget that you can really show a lot through art. People express their feelings through art. They express such important topics like this and kind of make it lighter because it is a heavy topic, but this kind of made it a little bit lighter. really opened my eyes to new possibilities with art. I found it very educational, nice thing to do. And if you asked me would you have rather to stay at home I would have definitely said no. And that has nothing to do with the fact that he was bought a hot chocolate in the cafe after the tour. Ecolution was produced by Nikki Cochran with recording and edit assistance from Aoife O'Neill. And it was presented by me, Evie Kenny, and quite a few others today, actually. Thanks, Paddy, Frank, Rosa, Nora, Tom, and Derek, too. This is Anne. I'm Junior Boy!